Welcome to the Action Network Podcast, the number one show for the invested sports fan. All right, here we go. What's up, Degenerate Nation? Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. This is the football weekend recap and Monday night football preview. I'm stuck in with me as always is Colin Wilson, Arkansas football. <laughs> is that where we're starting with this podcast? We're going to start with <laughs> Arkansas football? I mean, we're recording this late on Sunday night, and I was actually kind of quiet and in a somber mood, and then you had to just throw that out there, right? I'm trying to cheer myself up. So some people who follow me on Twitter, I was sitting here worrying about some horrible beats this weekend. Today, I actually had a shitty day. I actually got lucky on the Titans. But yeah, I mean, Saturday, I could have been 13-1. and one. It's, It sucks when you have one of those days. And my losses were all horrifying, all of them. I mean, my best play technically for closing line value was Oklahoma State minus three, and it closed minus six. But, but the rest were just brutal. I mean, yeah. South Carolina refs, the Ole Miss, I mean, the fumble returns. Akron is one of the worst, most painful losses of my life. Two fumble returns for touchdowns by Buffalo, who scores seven offensive points and covers a 17.5-point favorite. That's how bad it was. But it just kept getting worse and worse. I just kept saying, okay, this is fine. This is fine. And then I have uh, Yankees run line. So I'm sitting there with my girl on Saturday night, and I say, you know, after all, all that's happened today, what would make me almost cry because she was so happy because uh, for those who follow the cross-sport parlay, I was like a four-to-one parlay. I just needed Yankees run line. So she started cheering. I said, you know what? After all that's happened today, the Astros are going to get somebody on and fucking hit a home run. And they fucking did. And uh, thoughts for anybody who had the under there too. But my whole point is it was a very unlucky day. And two points here. Number one, for all those out there that worry about, they're like, you bet half units. I tracked. There was a glitch in the app. I had about three months where I thought it was full units and there were half units, but then I was running well. Like last, last college football season, I'm luckiest college football season of my life. I had good breaks. Now my breaks over the last 12 months, which half units are my units, my bad beats are equal to my lucky wins. So now, everyone, my full units will be back. I was just waiting for them to equal out because it would just make no sense if they're running well to double up my bet size. So you'll see one unit plays are not full unit. I'm not doubling plays. It just is another reason why I didn't want to change it up. But my other point is, Track your lucky and unlucky wins and losses. Um, I always put lucky and unlucky next to all my bets in my tracking. Now, so you, you want to do it a day or two after because you can get emotional and say, like, oh, I got unlucky here. You, you, you have a bias that way. But it also helps me see how I did that weekend, right? And you could do it. If, you, if you're more advanced, you could do it with expected win probabilities and blah, blah, blah. But I could, I could sit there and say on college, uh, college football, on, I went 7 and 8 on Saturday or 7 and 10 or so, and I lost a unit and a half. It felt like I lost 10 units. It literally felt like I lost 10 units on Saturday. But I look back, and I, I should have killed it. And then there's other weekends where I'll win, and then I'm like, yeah, you know what? It wasn't that great of a weekend. But throw that all aside. Sorry, I'm rambling. I was at the ER with my girl, scared to death. 
and it fucking puts shit into perspective. I'm sitting there worrying about fumbles and life comes at you fast. We hope that she's going to be okay. We need more tests this week. Uh, the same should happen with my mom who's still doing okay, but like almost a decade ago when I got a call when I first started working uh, out of college and they thought she had MS and ended up being Parkinson's and she's still doing okay. I love my mom and she's still okay, but you never know, man. Random Tuesday morning, random Sunday at the bar, you get a call and your whole life can change. It puts it into perspective. It's just one fucking bet. So that's my ramble for today. Don't, don't fucking overreact. I think it speaks to a greater thing that we should put some commentary on is that, I mean, as much as you and I are degenerate and we bet on just about everything that we possibly can, and we try to be smart about it and we try to help give people knowledge about, you know, where to place their bets, trying to be a good investor and not a degenerate gambler. I think that's something we should also speak to like the psychological part of what doing what we do. It's like, I mean, not to the effect where I had somebody become sick, but losses can get into your brain and they can play with your mental aspect of your handicapping because you put so much work into this and I put so much time into these numbers and I put so much time into digging and uncovering every single rock that I possibly can. And then things happen like, you know, like Oregon just has a massive comeback. Baylor has a massive comeback and then Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina 10-10 going into overtime and losing under 53. I mean, that was just a whole bunch of money that got cleared out of my account and I've done this long enough to know that was the moment in time for me to get up and tell my two sons like, Hey, you know, put the bats in the car. We're going to go down to the batting cage, bring the football. We're going to go outside. We're going to see some sunshine. We're going to get some vitamin D here for about an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. Just give me a break for an hour, an hour and 15 minutes. I'll get caught up when I come back in. Things way more important than this. And sometimes you have to remind yourself when you get on a little, little bit of a cold streak that you need to clear your brain because everybody just wants the picks these days. Everybody just give me the picks, give me the picks. I only care about the picks. But I mean, there's a whole mental aspect of this thing about learning how to you know, do this investments properly, having, having good money management and learning to take care of yourself mentally when things aren't going the right way. Yeah. It's funny. It's everything I studied my whole life and CFA, blah, blah, blah. And this is all applicable to gambling. And that's what gets so many people and puts so many people in a hole. And it's when we do what we do, it's like, mm-hmm. it, there's another layer to it. I feel even worse when I have a losing day because I know other people, people listen to this are losing money. That's one of the things that I, you know, you have to deal with mentally. Yeah, I take them all to heart too. I mean, we try to provide knowledge on every single game, especially the weeknight games. You know, I, I try to dig through as many beat reporters as I possibly can. And, you know, I feel bad when South Alabama blows it and Cephas Johnson's thrown into coverage. Or I mean, these things happen all the time when we take these losses on these weeknights. I feel bad for it too. Even if the money that I had on it could be 50, could be 250, could be 500 bucks. Whatever I lost, I still feel bad that I gave out information that didn't help get people to win. Yeah, and just people remember, the, the goal is to hit. On a good season, you want to hit 55%. be a great year. Great, uh, a spectacular season, you're losing 40% of yeah. your bet. So just be smart. And then another thing I'll say about getting people's DMs, some, every once in a while, if we have, you know, maybe some information about something, we're never going to say it. I say check the app. Listen, I know there's a lot of us different experts on the app, and, and a lot of people do two and three unit bets, and that's just not my style. Like, I'm a half unit and a, a full unit better, but if you see a two come in, that means I'm hot on a team. You see a three unit come in, something like that, there's information. And I'm just not going to respond to all my DMs. I'm not going to respond to any Twitter. If there's information out there and I've acted on it, then, you know, the action app is perfect for that because you get an immediate notification that something like that's going on. And... 
speaking of the Derek gamblers, our, our producer who will listen to this later <laughs> was tweeting out a, a hat he found in his in-laws attic at 4.30 Eastern. And now I just realized, just now, right, right the second, that that's 3.30 his time, right when all the games were running, which means he was in his attic streaming NFL games uh, on that last half hour. So that's peak degeneracy <laughs> in his in-laws attic uh, looking at his phone. So I hope you enjoy this call out. All right, let me run through. We'll get to the whole college recap. There's a shit ton to cover. I don't know how we're going to do it after this ramble. But let me just run through NFL real quick, and then you can add your thoughts. I'll, I'll start with one of the best calls I had of the of the weekend on in NFL wise was the Ravens. I was screaming to people, Marcus Peters is good, and he will fit the Ravens' defense perfectly. And he had a pick six, and it was so fitting that Russell Wilson's first pick of the year was Marcus Peters, who I think has twenty seven picks since he entered the league in twenty fifteen. The next mm-hmm. the next highest is fifteen or something. Is 12 more picks than the next guy. The Ravens are not a dumb organization. They didn't sign him for no reason. He addressed their, he addressed their biggest need, and the Seahawks are who we thought they were. They are who we thought they were. So Ravens' huge win going into a bye. Patriots after that, and it'll, Patriots have the Bama schedule. The Ravens will be the first real team they face all year. Jimmy Smith will be back. Marcus Peters. Ravens win that game, by the way. But we have a lot more time to get to that. Kansas City rolled Denver with uh, Matt Moore. At HP Basketball on Thursday, I was dead wrong on Denver. <laughs> Casey's defensive line dominated. I don't. I did not see that coming. Rams rolled the Falcons, who are just dead. They're dead to me. I think they're dead. I think Dan Quinn is done. Uh, I bet the Falcons today. They weren't. They were dropping eight in coverage on some downs. Uh, you know, Goff didn't look great again, but he was twenty-two at thirty-seven, two sixty-eight, two touchdowns, no picks. That that'll get it done. Uh, just horrible coaching from the Falcons. A fake punt at the fifty from Hecker. How are you not prepared for that? Bad all around. Matt Schaub had a one touchdown. Matt Ryan didn't and had a pick. That's all you have to know about that game. Rams roll, get back on track. Minnesota beats the Lions forty-two thirty in a shootout. Minnesota looks really good. Might be the most underrated team in the NFL. Came into this week, I think, the only team in the top three, four in yards per play on offense and defense. Uh, very well-rounded team. When the play calling is there, they are good. Uh, Indianapolis just keeps winning. Frank Reich yeah, is a god for what he's doing there. Arizona beats the Giants. That was my unlucky bet of the day. Rosas missing a 37-yard field goal cost me the over. And uh, potential shot at the Giants. Just brutal. 49ers beat the Skins 9-0. Hey, Skins covered in the contest for me without even scoring a point. Yeah, I mean, Akron should have done that too. But uh, Jags beat the Bengals. uh, Just a gross game. Andy Dalton, I think, threw three picks in the final minute of the game or something. Bengals stay winless. It's bad in Cincinnati. Uh, Titans beat the Chargers on a last-second fumble at the one. Melvin Gordon is just – he's cost the – he's arguably cost the Chargers three games and – Missing camp and all that time has certainly hurt him. Both of those teams are a mess, but Ryan Tannehill gets the win on the Titans. And if you had the Chargers, I feel for you. Although the Titans, they kind of—I mean, they were up twenty-three thirteen with four minutes to go, and they didn't get a quarterback sneak. And but it's still tough to lose that way at a fumble at the one. And I had the Titans. Uh, Saints beat the Bears. Uh, I got rocked in this game. I had the Bears. I had the under. I had live under. It was. Just bad. I mean, I should have stayed away from live. There were 16 points in the first five minutes on non-offensive points. Right. And then that makes Mitch Trubisky throws. I'm sorry, Mitch Bortles throw. And You've just been Bortled. Got ugly from there. But Teddy Bridgewater is now 28-7 and seven against the spread. The fuck kind of voodoo black magic fucker is that? I don't know. But the dude is 5-0 and this year against the spread, and he can't lose. I think they continue to be overvalued. I got the Bears at minus three. Kamara was out. Cook's out. Closed four. 
but it doesn't matter. If Teddy Bridgewater plays, he covers, apparently. Packers win 42-24. I should have played the Packers. This line got crazy. The Raiders don't get any pressure. They don't have any secondary. But, in all fairness, the Raiders fucked up royally all day in the red zone. Bills get another win, but don't cover. Dolphins come through. And then the Cowboys rolled the Eagles. Cowboys ended up being healthier, which was the key to that game. Uh, Eagles look like a mess. We might get some value on the Eagles next weekend in Buffalo. But they really need Deshaun Jackson back to open up that offense. Uh, any, any key takeaways and thoughts from you in the NFL? No, you got them all. I mean, just the Colts leading the division right now is one of the more amazing things after, you know, the turn with Andrew Luck. But, I mean, their trench play on both sides of the ball is excellent. I, you know, I would like to say that I, I've already gone and booked – hotel uh in uh green bay it was $75 rate for uh january 22nd i think it is for the potential nfc championship but i mean it's just them and the saints sitting around it i'll roll with you brother i got that's my only future this year i I think the packers are going to be hosting the uh the nfc championship game and i mean the saints and the niners are there with them but i mean everything will play itself out it should be interesting to see how the patriots play this out here because you're right they're like bama they haven't really played anyone and they're about to the weather i today was like the most defensive and special teams points scored like on an NFL Sunday, like in like a decade or something like that. Or maybe there was more turnovers. It was just sloppy and defensive scores and all kinds of nastiness going on ever. I would say the weather for the Redskins Niners game is exactly kind of described the entire NFL slate today. The Patriots play the Jets this week and the Browns next week. Let's assume they win the next week. That means they have wins over the Browns, Jets, Jets, Giants, Skins, Dolphins, Bills, and Steelers. The only team they play with a winning record they didn't cover against in November, they go to Baltimore. And I cannot remember. I had season tickets for a while. Diehard Ravens fan. I can't remember the last time. Actually, I do now that I say it. The Patriots came to Baltimore. It was when it was when the Ravens sucked and the Patriots were really good. They were 24-point favorites and I think like 24, 20-point favorites and should have lost in Baltimore. The Ravens always go up there in the playoffs. Always. So off a bye, the Ravens at home. The Patriots will be 8-0. Jimmy Smith will be back. The Ravens are a fucking hammer for that game. I'm just telling you, if you listen to the podcast, the only two times I told you to bet the Ravens this year are their only two covers against the Chiefs and this week. I think there's no way they get out of the at Ravens, at Eagles, and there's a bye week in between, but I can't see them getting through those two road games without at least one loss. They're not winning at that water. I'm just telling you that. If they go in 8-0, especially. All right, and John, John Harbaugh off a bye, best coach in the NFL, besides Andy Reid. I keep having caveats <laughs> to all my statements. Yeah, that's pretty much the NFL. But we, you, tomorrow night, you know, I won't go too much into it. We've talked about this game before because they played. I just think the Patriots are being overvalued. The Jets are being undervalued because of their start. Getting Darnold back is huge. Mosley should be back. The Patriots' offense just isn't right. They're, all, they're offensive linemen. The receivers are banged up. They lost their fullback. Just that offense is not right. Don't look at the numbers that they put up against the Dolphins. I mean, the Jets covered in New England with Luke Falk, the worst quarterback in NFL history. The Jets have some momentum after that win. I think this is a close game. Call it Patriots by seven. Uh, so I took the 10. If it was under 10, I probably wouldn't have. But uh, I think the Jets keep this close. Yeah, generally, this is a really close series. I think New England's covered four of the past 13 against the Jets going back to the old Rex Ryan days. But uh, it's Jets or nothing here. There's just going to be a swarm of parlays and everything tied into to the Patriots from today. And, uh, I mean, it's definitely uh, something you want to get 10 on. I think it's sitting at 10 right now. But I'm going to be looking at a first half under and taking the Jets full game. Yeah. All right, let's get to what most of you have been waiting for, uh, get to college. I mean, there's so much to get to. It's crazy. Um, all right, I'm just going to play the voicemails now. Bad beats, back doors, and miracle covers. However you're feeling, we want to hear from you. 
reached the voicemail box of the Action Network Podcast. The guy is drunk, but there he goes. Let's check this week's messages. Hey guys, Ride2J in Buffalo. I know you're asking for a lot more uh, calls in for Saturday. Why don't I give you a huge thank you for Tulane, Oklahoma State, Washington, and Oklahoma first half. Jeez, thanks guys. Out here in Orchard Park, still getting for the Bills game. Go Bills. Gentlemen, this is Rob from Nashville, Tennessee. And I just want to say something right now. Colin, that Bowling Green pick was just, just, just so much worse than the Hell in the Cell main event. In fact, that pick was more bland and more boring than the WWE product from the past two years. I expect better from you, especially you, Colin. I expect better from you. Uh, yeah, we went dumpster diving this weekend, so go ahead. You want to respond to Bowling Green? This guy is calling my Bowling Green plus 11, which missed by a touchdown against Central Michigan. He's comparing it to a blow-off match between Seth Rollins and Bray Wyatt in a Hell in a Cell, which was possibly the worst ending to a pay-per-view in the history of professional wrestling. I think I could have done a lot worse. I mean, I've had bets on UMass, and they've lost by uh, 50 to Coastal Carolina. I think comparing it to the worst WWE pay-per-view in the, easily in the last seven to ten years is a little extreme. But, yeah, we did go dumpster diving. Uh, you know, we had a couple winners there. You know, UConn's in there. We had, we had a couple dumpster dive wins this, this weekend. I can't get over the fact that I lost Akron, and I watched the entire game. It was one of the unluckiest losses I, I've ever had, I'm telling you. If anyone watched that game, the only thing, the only way that Buffalo was covering that game was if they scored two touchdowns by two fumble recoveries, and they did. The Buffalo quarterback, who's their punter, um, because their quarterback's hurt, went 14 of 23 for 65 yards. He averaged 2.8 yards per attempt. The true freshman quarterback for Akron went 22 of 39 for 193 yards. Akron obviously couldn't run the ball. I think they ran the ball for like negative four yards. But there was... There was a fumble. It was 7 nothing at the half. There was four missed field goals in the first half, two by each team by like 17 miles. And then in the second half, Akron had the ball down 7 nothing at midfield driving, and the ball pops up in the air, and Buffalo grabs it, belt bowl status, and then returns it for a touchdown. I say, here we go. So, you know, Buffalo can't move the ball, can't move the ball, can't move the ball. Akron gets the ball seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter at their own 15. The quarterback runs backwards. And this is, by the way, after Buffalo fumbled at midfield and Acker didn't get it, popped out of their hands. But their quarterback runs backwards, fumbles it. The ball goes into the end zone. A fucking safety's fine. There's a pileup for the ball. And fucking Buffalo comes up with it. <laughs> they win to, and then Acker drives down the fucking field and throws a pick. Oh, that was fucking infuriating. Seven offensive points for Buffalo, and they cover minus 17 and a half. Almost infuri- as infuriating as Texas A&M. Another the, fucking the, pick, fumble, pop up in the air, return for a touchdown. The gambling gods knew that you were prodding me on my dumpster diving with some of my picks. The gambling week. gods were on my side on Saturday, but it happens. Yeah. Um, all right, let's continue. Stucky, Colin, this is Dave from London. This sucks watching football starting at 5 p.m. till 5 a.m. here, but it is what it is. Listen, Colin, you're a f-ing idiot. How many UMass bets do you have to make before you realize you're f-ing dumb as shit? And then also, your hangover call with South Carolina, they're not hungover because they didn't execute the game to their fullest potential. Do you know what a f-ing hangover is? A hangover is when you f-ing overachieve, you drink
way too much you do off a cheerleader. It has nothing to do with how you perform in the game. It has everything to do with you winning the game that you didn't expect to. You're a idiot. Shut up. All right, uh, I'll let you get into South Carolina. I, mean, I was on South Carolina too, and don't yeah. regret it. I mean, I can't. I am shocked at that referee performance on one touchdown that changed the whole game. You don't call a false start, a clear false start, and then you don't call the hold, and then you don't call PI on. Uh, I'm just remembering more, baby. It's Iowa State under a PI in the end zone on fourth down. The Oklahoma fake punt. Uh, I can't can go on and on, but that the whistle that South Carolina got at home yeah. was horrendous, and you know one or two. Huge calls like that flips a game. I mean, let's look at it this way. Listen, I, I, the rain coming down, South Carolina had the game, was in the game, had the lead, was in, had the lead in the third quarter. They're up 17-10 before that that play that should never have happened, the 80-yard oh. run. It's a false start oh. and a hold. We got referees dropping flags uh, for unsportsmanlike on Will Muschamp 40 yards away from him, uh, where he's basically got his librarian glasses on in the post-game preview. You're like asking, like, you know, if you're going to drop the flag, come drop it on my feet. No uh, offensive pass interference on Florida touchdowns. Clear block. No, that whole pick play that happened at the end, that last touchdown by Florida, that was an obvious – 100% pick play, and then Florida taking it down the sideline earlier and just a hold that was held for it. But it was a false start. That should even and, happen, and yes, and then you start. missed the hold. And I don't mean to play conspiracy theorists or anything like this, but you have to wonder at some point if the Zebras thought, hmm, and Missouri has lost. Georgia's already taken a loss. Florida's in jeopardy of getting their second loss. We can't have our the product that pays all of us SEC football that has this gigantic contract from ESPN. We can't have all these teams with all these losses and knock ourselves out of the playoffs. Let's start missing flags and throwing flags and just making shit up on the fly because that's what it looked like what happened at the end of that South Carolina-Florida game. Shit was just being made up on the fly all against South Carolina. Yeah, it was a horribly officiated game. So let's move on. This is Joe from Akron. Just got done sweating Buffalo in the under in one of the worst games ever played. Shout out to Zach Gibson for having worse pocket presence than a CYO quarterback. Man, this cracks me up every week. It's like an audio reading from the old covers message boards. I thought I'd call, give you guys some of my good, some of my bad. The good is I appreciate what you guys do. We're all on the same side here. That being said, y'all in town and Oklahoma stay all week long. Like, it ain't the same clown defensive team that Gundy set out on that field for the last 10 years with a freshman quarterback. Talk about how good of a play they are. And then they throw an interception in the second quarter. Then you jump all over Twitter talking about how this time and what is my bet. I mean, come on. Let's not be a bunch of here. Walk up to that counter with a handful of cash and slam that down like you own the place. Have a little confidence. But then y'all was still want to bet money on teams like Akron, UTSA. They might get you a cover every now and again, but then when they don't, you jump on Twitter and you cry about that. Nobody saw Akron when you're going to cover a game. No Holy Akron didn't cover a game. Imagine that. Anyway, y'all keep up your good work, fellas. I'm not sure if that guy likes us or hates us. All right, moving on. From New Jersey, uh, nothing like refreshing the action app and going from a plus four unit to a negative four unit, thanks to some all-time wilt jobs by Oklahoma State, Washington. What a day! And I still got the night to go. Go Yanks! I will say there in the action app. If you don't have it, you're a fucking moron. But when you're looking at your, your board and every once in a while you have like a bunch of green dots and they're sitting at like 70, 80%. And then, you know, all of a sudden within like three minutes, 
they just flip and everything goes to like 30% on a couple pick yeah. sixes. And oh man, that board on the action app, it just, it summarizes perfectly your feelings on how everything's going. If any of our developers are listening, first off, this ability to go from all green to all red is like some of the most depressing shit I've been through in my entire life. And I've been, hell, I've been divorced. I've had people in my family die, but this whole all green to all red thing, this, it can really play with your mind. Uh, the opposite hey, is glorious though. The opposite of, yeah, I mean, you can just rocket ship out of your, up through your ceiling, whatever, whatever it goes all green. It's, it's pretty amazing. Uh, the other thing is, is I thought the Virginia Tech North Carolina game was going to break the app. I mean, we got into the, we got into the fifth or sixth. I, I put that on Slack. I said, this is going to break the app. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it actually held up. Yeah, fifth overtime, rotating two-point conversions. Virginia Tech plus three and a half. It, there's no more questions. Locked up, yep. yeah. Actually, it's up. that's not true. I think. I don't know. But if you get a two first, I got I to gotta go look into the rules. I'm going to tweet it. But if you get a two first, you get two points. Yeah. So, right. And then if the other team is going for two – See, I got to find this out because if I have a plus three, I got to know I'm fine. Uh, most College, they blow it dead. The game is done if you turn it over. And the NFL is not, by the way. You can lose a plus eight in NFL in overtime. If, the other, if a team kicks a field goal, another team throws a pick six. The ball used to be blown dead. It's not this year. They let, it, they let the play play out. They changed the rule for some reason. In college, it used to be that you, they let you play it out. But now, they blow the rule dead. But I don't know if it's different for these rotating two-point conversions. Anyway, I'll find out, but I doubt it. I doubt it. Most of these college players aren't smart enough to just fall down. They're good. Well, someone's going to run a two-point conversion back. I had Georgia State against Army, and Army threw a pick at the end of the game, and Georgia State, with the Georgia State defensive back with 20 seconds left, was fucking trying to pull a Dion. He's running all over the place, trying to return it up seven. The offensive, his offensive lineman comes out of nowhere and fucking tackles him. It was fucking amazing, as he should have. It was like that video that went viral where the guy, the kid picks it off and starts running the other way and his teammate catches him. But, yeah, just go fucking down. There's no way you can lose if you just go down. Moving on. Colin, dude, you better not let this go. A couple weeks ago, Stucky got on air, and he, he berated you for about five minutes about betting on UMass against Coastal Carolina. You cannot go quietly. Tell him. UConn, who's the old UMass, they covered the spread today. Meet, meet. They covered the spread today. Down in the West Texas town of El Paso, UTEP covered the spread today. You know who didn't cover the spread? The Akron this. Please, please don't let Stucky forget that. He really, he really deserves this. This Brad New Orleans, zero uh, and five yesterday, guys. Uh, I didn't like Week Eight. Broke some of my uh, self-imposed gambling rules to have some action out there. Did miserable. Sitting outside alone now because my wife randomly asked me how I'm doing with my football stuff. I uh, didn't want to blow up at her. Uh, so I decided to call you guys. Taking a few weeks off. Uh, I'll keep listening to you all for entertainment purposes. Bye-bye. Godspeed, brother. Yeah, I didn't have a great weekend either. I'll have to square up. Pay out, and uh, we move on to the next week. Yeah, I mean, my, my log on Saturday was 8-8-1 eight, eight, and one on the app, and it looks like a Christmas tree because it all perfectly went red-green, red-green, red-green. But I'll just I'll run into a best bet. Worst bet and bet regret. I mean, we've already talked about my worst bet, which is Bowling Green. We found out that the reason they won that game was because of Toledo, and it wasn't because of Bowling Green, and we found that out with Ball State. Best bet, I'm going to say, I would like to say UAB. I mean, I, I wrote up UAB immediately because the the havoc advantages that they had against Old Dominion, uh, that played out. That was an easy win, but I really want to go with Kansas. Kansas 
scored whenever they wanted to. This offense that Brent Deerman put in, the new offensive coordinator uh, that Les Miles put in, unbelievable. I know it's a flat spot for Texas. I know a lot of players were hurt. I know Malcolm Roach was out for the first half, but Kansas just flat out brought up 569 yards, 6.6 yards per rush on the ground. I've already, if you've got the action app, then you know I've already bet him against Texas Tech this week at home getting four and a half points. I wish I could have got the six out at Circa. Every gambler knows that feeling. Let's talk bet regret. And then my bet regret, uh, I'll have two that I'll mention real quick because one of them I'm blaming Stucky for, but one of them is Western Kentucky. I, it went by I my say Illinois. I know I, I went, went live, and we had plus thirty one <laughs> chance, and we both didn't bet it live. <laughs> it went by my radar that uh, Western Kentucky. We've been backing them because of what they can do in the trench work on their defensive line. They were taking on a Charlotte team that is one dimensional uh, and running the ball, and for some reason. Just didn't play Western Kentucky. And yes, the biggest bet regret is Saturday morning on our live show with Stuck. I said, I'm betting Illinois right now. I had it queued up, money in, ready to go. And Stuck's like, you know, we really should hit this live once Wisconsin gets the lead. And I said, yeah, that's a great idea. Well, and it was plus 31 and a half live. And did he ever bet it? No. <laughs> blame yourself. I blame myself too. But Wisconsin did go up 7 nothing a minute in. Well, we didn't lose any money. We didn't lose any money. But I mean, I regret that shit, shit too. You're up. Yeah. I saw the board well, which fucking sucks. I don't have a winning day. You know, my worst call, Purdue, I bet, field goal you. I mean, look, I lost Georgia Tech Miami under after no points in the second half. The same time that happened, Iowa State, Texas Tech. Texas Tech fourth and goal from the 12 gets a PI call. Otherwise, I would have hit that under, and then it goes over. At the same time that happened, Oklahoma first half, there was <laughs> got fucked. I can't be mad at any of those. So it's South Carolina play calls. That was my early slate. I mean, Ball State rolled. Tulsa covered easily. Akron should have covered. Oak State, I'll say, was a bad call despite beating the line by three points. I had Kansas. Georgia State won outright. I had Ole Miss. I mean, just brutal. Uh, so that's my card. And, you know, I put our two lane in the money line parlay. But out of 15 fucking plays, I could have went 13-2. and two. But, you know, just everything broke wrong. Weekends, it'll, be, it'll break right. But I'll say best call – you know, you mentioned Kansas. Uh, I got to say fucking Ball State, I guess. They won by 70 is minus, at minus two. You know, my worst call, I'll, I'll say Purdue. Better grab, probably not fading Wyoming, who I thought was too high, and I missed the line. I kind of liked Oregon, but I questioned too much, but then I should have played them live. Same with Michigan once they got down by a lot. But I'm splitting hairs here. If I had to say my biggest bit of regret, though, I mean, I talked about it. I wrote about it. And my stubborn ass just, you know, I missed the number. And But Arizona State, Utah under. Knew with that weather and those teams that it wasn't going to be high scoring. So not getting involved there. But there was a couple games that I got wrong that I stayed away from. Arizona, USC. I was shocked that Arizona only scored 14 points. I kind of liked Arizona in the over there. So I was glad I stayed away there. I'd say thing with Southern Miss. I kind of like Southern Miss at minus one. It closed at minus three, so I didn't bet it, luckily. Um, so, you know, it was a Saturday to forget. We're halfway through the college football year. Let's have a big second half of the year. But before we do, it's time to just recap what we learned and what happened over uh, – I mean, there was – it's a national title implication Saturday. Things happen that are going to change the college football landscape for the rest of the year, starting with Wisconsin losing outright to Illinois as – 30-point favorites who we didn't bet the 30-point underdog, and they won outright. So the worst part about that happening, so we'll start in the Big Ten, it ruins Ohio State-Wisconsin next week. Now, from a betting perspective, we might get value on Wisconsin. We'll talk about it later in the week. But just from a 
this game is huge. It just ruined that that aspect of it. Uh, so Illinois beats Wisconsin 24-23 on a last-second field goal. I mean, hey, look, people laughed at me from Minnesota. Big Ten futures. But as of right now, we're headed yeah. for a Big Ten Ohio State Big Ten championship. Yeah, Illinois was actually one of the ones I had marked in my box score frauds. They had 100 less yards, but also had 29 less plays. Two fumbles and an INT from Wisconsin, and Wisconsin went 2 of 10 from third down. Wisconsin fumbled twice in Illinois territory, and their last drive ended in an interception at midfield. So it was just a really bad day by Wisconsin. It was nothing that Illinois did. I mean, Illinois is scoring when they get it down and, and past the 40. Their finishing drives number continues to rise, but, I mean, really, it was just Wisconsin mistake. It was a lucky win for Illinois, but they won. Penn State holds on to beat Michigan. Again, this Penn State team overvalued. It's just they're they're not national title contenders. It's Clifford 14 to 25, 182 yards. They were outgained by Michigan 417 to 283 yards per play, dead even. When when people are asking me, like, well, what about the Big Ten? What about the national championship? And I'm I, they're impossible to handicap because they have the ability to look like a national champion, especially on defense. And then they have the ability to look like somebody that could lose to Buffalo. So for example, I mean Sean Clifford had four TDs, sure. In the first half, they had so they averaged seven yards per play. In the second half, they averaged one point nine yards per play. And the defense gave up over four hundred yards to a Michigan offense that, that hasn't done that well to date. So there's things with this Penn State defense. Defense and you look at them and you think, oh, shit, these guys could actually do something. You see Sean Clifford with four TDs. I think these guys could do something. And then there's times they can't do anything with the offense and the defense has given up a whole bunch of yards. It's so Jekyll and Hyde and it goes drive to drive. Yeah, and speaking of just take out the numbers and look what's on the field, Ohio State is significantly superior to Penn State. And everything I've seen, Ohio State – just, I don't even care about numbers. Take numbers out of it. Ohio State's the best team in the country. Yeah, they're, they're now the new Action Network number one team in the, in the power ratings. Yeah, I saw you have a piece out there if you want to go check it out. And obviously your updated rankings and uh, projected spreads for next weekend, including UMass, UConn. What, what do you got for that? Toilet bowl? <laughs> or is that UConn at UConn? Because UMass is the new UConn and UConn yeah. is still the new UConn? Now, let's get it straight here. UConn is a favorite on the road to UMass. <laughs> and Liberty's a favorite on the road to Rutgers. You have sacrificed and labored for years to make this day a reality, and we are proud of you. Congratulations. Uh, UMass off of a bye. I make this UMass plus seven and a half. Oh, boy. I can see you smelling that dumpster. I can't wait to talk about that game later in the week. If it gets to 10, look out, people. Yeah, Liberty by seven at Rutgers, by the way. Rutgers quarterback might be the worst in history. At one point, he had one yard. He had one yard passing in the first half with two picks. Last week, he had one yard passing. The worst part is his stats got better because of this one random drive. He finished 9 of 19 for 48 yards and three picks. Uh, Langen is miserable, and Minnesota covers at Rutgers with ease. They are so bad. All right, let's move on to uh, – I'll just go through. Let's start. AAC, Cincinnati gets the win against Tulsa, but Tulsa hang tough. I mean, that, that team will compete. They just they're dumb. Tons of penalties. False they starts. Allow, allow a lot of havoc. They allow yeah, havoc. bad picks, false starts, but their defense will compete. And they make some plays, uh, but Cincinnati gets the win there. Um, really questionable decision at the end when Cincinnati didn't kick a field goal to go up seven, but it didn't end up costing them. Houston gets the win at UConn, but only by seven. The sleepy Texas kids, as you called, good call there in that uh, Connecticut dumpster. Holgerson's throwing his own kid out there, 123 yards and a TD. I saw that. I was. I thought our app was broken. I was like, does it think Dana's the the quarterback? Um, SMU rolls Temple. That's the we the Action Network number one might be Ohio State, but 
uh, the people's number one is SMU. SMU beats Temple 45-21. The best kept secret in college football. SMU has The Seeker. They call me The Seeker. The Seeker. Uh, Navy is impressive again. Beats USF 35-3. That defense is real. Uh, UCF uh, beats ECU in unimpressive fashion, but it was never in doubt. 41-28. One of the most surprising scores of the day to me was Tulane. My poor, poor Tulane boys getting absolutely drilled. There ain't no flukes. There wasn't no calls. There wasn't no turnovers. First 10 minutes were close, and then it was a, a rout the Liberty Bowl. In defense, that's the best game Memphis has played all year. That's the best that they've looked uh, Memphis played team. fucking awesome, and mm-hmm. Tulane made a bunch of mistakes, but no doubt about who deserved to win that game. Uh, moving on to the ACC, Miami, you sad, sad, sad fucks. Uh, you give up a punt block for a touchdown, you give up a fumble in the end zone for a touchdown, and then you miss two 25-yard field goals to win it in regulation. <laughs> two 25-yard – you make one of two 25-yarders, you win. And I hit my under. And you lost and you lose it over time to Georgia Tech, who now have to sweat the fucking win total on Georgia Tech. The worst possible thing, Georgia Tech win total was going swimmingly, and they lost to Citadel even if they beat USF. And now Miami can't hit a 25-fucking-yarder. God. I mean, luckily, Georgia Tech has Pitt, UV at UVA, home against Vatech, home against NC right. State, home against Georgia. But, uh, I mean, how does Miami lose that game? And, and again, it's just Miami. Is just They're just bad. They just – they find ways uh, they you know they they should have won in regulation and they don't. It's just miss. I mean, how do you miss two twenty five yarders? The the reason why they're losing is not even Nikosi Perry. Nikosi Perry had two TDs and no INTs. The kid's actually playing really good. Yeah, they gave two non offensive touchdowns and missed two twenty five yard field goals. Yep. I mean, good God, uh, Clemson rolls Louisville. I mean, oh my God, who? Cares. Trevor Lawrence had two INTs on the defense. The defense only allowed 156 to Louisville's daunted rushing attack that we t- spoke of last week. Uh, the Clemson defense is for real. They're, they're national title level, but uh, Trevor Lawrence's throwing is not. I'm telling you, man, they miss Renfro in that offense. He's forcing more throws than he used to on third downs. Uh, BC embarrasses NC State with, like, their six-string quarterback at the start of camp last year. BC has two running backs. They have two running backs. Besides Dylan, they have another guy that's, that's running just as much. Yeah, Bailey. And uh, BC, by the way, they're, this kid, kid Grossell went 6 of 15 for 100 yards, and they won 45-24. I mean, that's – a bad loss for NC State. Vatek wins in uh, six overtime. Speaking of win totals, I have UNC win total under, and I am getting lucky every week on that. I mean, UNC has lost many, many games by like two points. I mean, they lose another one by two points. And Vatek wins in six overtimes in making college football history in the first back-and-forth two-point conversion, which is which was kind of cool. I, was, I didn't think I was going to like it, but it was kind of cool. And then Wake Forest, uh, they're, they're, they're the most entertaining team in college football. They're in North Carolina. Every, every one of their games is like decided by two points. So Wake Forest wins by two, 22-20. I don't know how that game only had 42 points. There was weather associated with FSU Wake, but I, I was shocked. No, they couldn't score touchdowns. Wake couldn't finish drives, right? Yeah, yeah. Wake couldn't finish any drives either. So it was a really weird game. But hey, listen, I, the, the Coastal, I just remember seeing that the, the ACC Coastal is the hardest division to handicap because the number, the finishing number, as far as the point spread goes, is so far off what the closing number is. Like whatever the closing number is, the game may be the game may end up 17 points away from that. And now it looks like there's this honest to God 
like way where everybody in the coastal could end up four and four, which I hope it happens. But to me, the coastal division is probably the hardest division in all of college football because teams just show up and they don't show up each week. It's different each weekend. Yep. Uh, moving on to the Big 12, Iowa State for October continues. They beat Texas Tech by 10. Texas Tech with two touchdowns in the final couple minutes on pass interference calls on fourth downs. Oklahoma rolls West Virginia. We deserve that first half, but like that wagon, the wagon that fell over a punt, a fake punt after a timeout, and then a fourth and six touchdown, and then a drop by Stoops on the now. It was just brutal, but Oklahoma gets there for the game. They win comfortably over West Virginia. Baylor rolls Oak State. Look, I don't care if I beat the closing line by three. I can't eat CLV for dinner tonight. Uh, paid out on that one, and Baylor moves to – continues under defeat streak. What are they, the 7-0? Uh, they'll be in the top 15 this week. Credit to Matt Rule. Uh, turnovers continue to plague Oak State and their and their defense. But Texas holds on to beat Kansas 50-48 to on a last-second field goal. We talked about that game. And then Kansas State beats TCU by seven. I, I can't figure out TCU. Good for you if you can. TCU being favored uh, today by two and a half over Texas was just mind-boggling when I saw that come out today. I was like, you got to be kidding me with this. Kansas State, again, it's pretty easy to handicap. If you got a pulse uh, with a rushing game, you're going to be able to beat them. Conference USA, for those who care there, we nailed Marshall on – uh, Friday night, La Tech gets the win over Southern Miss 45-30. They were trailing most of that game and then really turned it on. UAB beats ODU 38-14. North Texas holds on to beat Middle Tennessee State. North Texas is is just atrocious on defense. They are terrible on defense. They're not as efficient on offense as they were in previous years under Mason Fine. Uh, Seth Luttrell probably should have taken that Kansas State job. Anybody with a pulse on offense is going to be able to either keep up with them or beat them overall. They're terrible in the Havoc ratings too. And that's going to play into, if you're listening to this on a Monday morning, there's going to be uh, an article up by my by me about one of the first games that I hit out of the openers today, and it involves North Texas. So I suggest going and reading it. Uh, FIU beats UTEP uh, 32-17. UTSA. Beats Rice 31-27, and I'll give you credit for UTSA, and I'll give me credit for telling you before the year, and, uh, th- but there's no fucking Rice fans in the world, so we didn't get calls about this. Like I said last year, there's no way that UTEP is winning, and somehow there's a bunch of El Paso fans who didn't like that, and they didn't. And I said this year, there's no fucking way this Rice team with this schedule is winning three games, not even two, and right. they are winless, and they have Southern Miss next, then Marshall then at Middle Tennessee, then North Texas, and then at UTEP. That is the only game they might win is at UTEP. Uh, I mean, the whole handicap was UTSA is playing better defense. I don't know about their quarterback situation. Then I watched the game. Rice has four turnovers. They turned to the Harvard guy. Narcisse had dropped a freaking rainbow in the back of the end zone for UTSA to take the lead there at the very end and get the win. But they were assisted by four turnovers from Rice. The Mac. Uh, fuck you, Akron, for the 50th time on this podcast. Ball State rolls Toledo. Toledo with Aquidani is lost. Who can figure out the Mac? I don't know. Ohio holds on to beat Kent State in a wild one with Ball, zero defense. Uh, Ball State's undefeated. Like, Ball yeah. State's undefeated in leading the West. It's insane. Craziness. The Mac is uh, as unpredictable as ever, and it's always unpredictable. Central Michigan rolls Bowling Green. Miami, Ohio holds on to beat Northern Illinois. Northern Illinois is a mess. And Eastern Michigan, without their quarterback, I believe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hutchinson started that game, beat Western Michigan 34 27. I mean, what is the Mac? All right. Moving on to the Mountain West. Fresno rolled UNLV. Disaster. That game got out of hand quick, though. Fresno State scored like 28 points in 10 minutes. Wyoming beats New Mexico 23-10. <sighs> 
Jesus Christ. Wyoming, what was Wyoming? The quarterback finished 9 of 20 for 100 yards again. 9 of 15 for 86 yards. That's your Wyoming update. Your week, Wyoming weekly update. I think they got outgained in that game too. San Diego State beats San Jose State. San Jose State actually scored 17 points more than normal. Still can't figure out the 3-3-5. BYU upsets Boise State. That's a big loss for Boise. Takes them pretty much out of the New Year's Six discussion. Uh, Utah State beats Nevada. Good call. it under there. And then Air Force rolls Hawaii. Scored at will. Uh, 56-26. McDonald threw for 400 yards, but Hawaii wasn't stopping Air Force, who went for over 500 total. Didn't matter. It didn't matter who was playing quarterback for Air Force and that game. Shout out to our CEO, Patrick Keene, uh, putting out a video of this unbelievable Air Force INT that got like kicked up off the kicked ground. Up, yeah. Ran back. That was that was an awesome play. Mm-hmm. So someone said like they bet App State to score the most points on Saturday, and they scored 52. And then at fucking two in the morning, that kicked up interception at the 100 yard interception return for Air Force Gate in 56, and he lost. That's fucking brutal. All right, uh, moving on to Pac-12. Oregon gets a huge comeback win against Washington. I thought they were dead in the water at one point. I was thinking about live betting, and I was like, oh, they're not coming back from this. And then they did. Huge win at Washington for Oregon. And if Bo Picks doesn't get lucky in week one, we're talking about Oregon in the college football playoff right now. Bo Nick season in full effect. All right, Oregon State wins at Cal. Cal's a mess. Monster's a mess. Um, Oregon State, uh, another big win. Second straight road back 12 win in a row for the Beavers. Um, Utah just, I mean, I feel bad for Arizona State backers. They kind of deserved to cover, but kind of didn't. Daniels for Arizona State finished. This is Rutgers-esque, and please close your ears, and if there's any children around, tell them to close their ears. Earmuffs time. Daniels finished 4 of 18 for 25 yards. It's a power <laughs> five team. Tyler Huntley got hurt. Everybody should pay attention again. I'm not sure how what the severity of the injury is. That's a big deal for Utah. Big win for Utah futures, though. Um, yeah, absolutely. Win the, win, the pa- win the Pac-12. Can we get USC to lose a game here? Yeah, that is the key. But they, Utah needed to win this game. Uh, Arizona State finished with 136 yards of total offense. And I thought Arizona State was going to get the cover. They were down 14-3 late, catching 14-15. Who, I don't even know where the fuck that thing steamed to. And they punted it from midfield. This is conservative Herm. It's great for Arizona State backers. They punt it inside the 10. They have a good punter. Arizona, Utah takes over with their backup quarterback at their own eight. They drive the midfield. And they punt it. You're looking good if you're in Arizona State, but you muffed the punt. And then Zach Moss runs for a 32-yard touchdown. And then you drive the field and you get sacked on fourth down and Utah runs out the clock. But you can't really complain if you backed Arizona State and your quarterback went 4 of 16 for 25 yards. Impressive performance by the Utah defense for a second straight week. I hope we're heading to a Utah-Oregon Pac-12 championship game. Just getting all the Utah futures into that game would be great. But I think if you want to look at points against within the conference, both Oregon and Utah have now combined to play eight conference games. Through the eight games of Oregon and Utah, points against, only 100 points have been scored against those two teams, 53 to Utah, 47 to Oregon. Those two defenses are legit. Yep, completely agree. Washington State beats Colorado like a drum. Uh, Colorado, again, can't cover the pass. Gordon throws for 370 and four touchdowns, and Colorado really didn't do much of anything. Uh, And then USC beats Arizona, and all the hope that Arizona had a couple weeks ago is gone. 
Hope you're enjoying this great Action Network podcast. I want to make sure you know about the Locked On Podcast Network. Locked On has a daily podcast on your favorite team. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. Let's go. Locked On podcasts are hosted by the local experts who know your team better than anyone and give you the inside scoop. So go to your podcast app and search Locked On, your favorite team. Subscribe to your Locked On podcast. Before we get to the SEC, Sunbelt, App State demolishes La Monroe, 52-7. Georgia Southern in the beat of the day that I somehow wasn't involved in, although I loved it and I shouted out Kyle Miller, you had it, uh, under 50, under 49, under 52, all across Action Network, all over the basically two option teams, under under closes at 43. 43, some, you know, some of us beat it by a touchdown, some of you guys. <laughs> On the close, goes to overtime 10-10, and uh, it finishes 30-27 and three overtimes. It, does, it, it doesn't even in there. In the first overtime, both of them got touchdowns on fourth. Fourth down. And Troy beat South Alabama 37-13 on, was that on Thursday. Georgia State mm-hmm. beat Army 28-21. Uh, the Raging Cajuns won again. Georgia State Army was a fucking weird game. Army went like 13 of 13 on fourth downs. Ellington was converting all kinds of third downs. Odd game. All right, and then let's close up with the SEC. You know, we talked about the Florida game. Uh, refs chomping, chomping at the bit to make calls on uh, South Carolina for punny people out there. A&M beats Ole Miss on a completely fraudulent win. And win by seven, I plus six. I got a downgrade. Texas A&M gave up more yards, worse yards for play. Ole Miss missed a field goal from first and goal. They got blocked. And then Texas A&M had a 60-yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Auburn just beats Arkansas into submission. I don't know how many people were at that game, 17. Oh, no, no, no. I had had family there that were calling me uh, not a fan anymore because I didn't show up. Listen, I have better things to do with my time. That's why I've switched my funding from the Razorback Foundation down to the College of Engineering. Let me say one thing that bothers – I was just going to say one – thing that bothers me about Arkansas football and why I'm becoming displacing again. Woo pig suey. Absolute dumpster fire, dumpster fire. I don't know how we win a game the rest of the year. Just blow the program up. Give us a death sentence. Collins talking Razorback football. Derek Mason for Vanderbilt wins a game. 21 point underdog beats Missouri. He's screaming into the microphone. I'm the man for the job. We wanted this win. I am the guy that's Vanderbilt football. I should be the coach. Screaming into the microphone, runs off the field. Joe Moorhead loses to LSU. Not pretty. Another bad loss. He gets back for his post-game presser. He is emotional, not screaming, but loud and bold and brave and showing emotion and trying to get the ship turned around. My Arkansas Razorbacks lose a game by a lot to Auburn with another fake punt, with another special teams. We could have a Chad Morris short video special clip all together of the special team shit that's happened to us the last couple of years between North Texas and now this fake punt. We can put it on YouTube, take it to like maybe the Sundance Festival. And then he had said, in relation to that fake punt against Auburn, he said it, had, it was just something that we had seen in Auburn coverage that we were just going to try to do this jet sweep uh, forward pass fake punt. He goes, we have been working on it for two weeks. We've been working on that play for two weeks. And we were just looking to get a spark out of anything. Then he was immediately asked, why did Ben Hicks play the entire game? And he said this at the same time as the OU game was going on. He said, 
I never felt like the wheels came off of the team. Whenever Colin says he's going to say one thing about Arkansas, set your clocks and come back in seven minutes. He thinks we're on course? Just get me to Muscleman basketball. Can you believe I just made that statement? I can. I actually can. Now, LSU beat Miss State. It's a mess. A bunch of players suspended. and Oh, LSU played some defense, too. Vanderbilt, I don't know where this win came from. Uh, They beat Missouri, who's now good night, Missouri, and – uh, they'll probably get their appeal upheld because it's not, they're not going to win the SECs now. Um, but Vanderbilt had 315 yards to Missouri's 293. They had 5.2 yards per play, held Missouri to 4.4. I mean, uh, Kelly Bryant says that they just got to town and there was no energy through anybody on the team. Uh, he was picked in the end zone at the end of the third quarter. Kelly Bryant was sacked three times. Odom just came out and flat out said, we were outcoached. We were outplayed. We were outcoached, and that's my fault. So, I mean, how important is Kale Garrett, the linebacker for Vanderbilt, was out for the rest of the year? Was one of the best linebackers in the country? I don't know, but they were missing him. But it was just yeah, completely flat uh, to a Vanderbilt team that got blown out of the water at home last week to UNLV. And I think the only team in the country they finally covered, the only team in the country who hasn't covered is uh, Akron. Jesus, fuck you, Akron, again. I don't know how many times i got to be reminded of that loss. Uh, Georgia beats Kentucky 21 nothing in an ugly game in Bad weather and 0-0 at the half, and uh, there's nothing to talk about that game. Um, and then finally, we'll talk about Alabama. Oh, my God. Who cares? Uh, they beat Tennessee. They lost two. Is going to be out for two weeks for Arkansas and a bye. This team gets a fucking bye every week somehow. They'll play their first real game in November. I mean, it's a fucking joke at this point. Uh, this So Alabama, if you're wondering, has beat Duke, New Mexico State, South Carolina. Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Texas A&M, who just looks more and more dreadful each week, and uh, Tennessee by 22. Lose to a, another 35-point favorites or 33 again like they are every week. Then they get a bye. Then they're going to host LSU, finally. The Bama season starts on November 9th, and we can finally really mm-hmm. talk about them. Uh, so I had nothing to say about Bama. They were smoking cigars after winning as a 35-point favorite. they got to be bored at this point. Anything on Bama or anything in the SEC? No, I just, uh, you know, I think two is worth seven points to the spread considering his downfield threat. There's only so many times you can hit your wide receivers out in the flats before defenses are going to pick up on it. And they're not going to have their safeties hovering over the back. So Circa and all the other odds makers have put out numbers today. There's absolutely no downgrade uh, whatsoever into his number. And I just think that kind of speaks Can you play in Arkansas here? If they're going to leave it the number that it shouldn't be, if the number should really be about 29 or 30, 30 and a half, and the number's 35, then... It's going to have to be an Arkansas play. All right. We'll have more on that game later in the week. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, there's only one weekday college football game before Friday. Yeah. We have the World Series going on. We have a ton of coverage on that. Check out the action app at actionnetwork.com. Nothing on Tuesday or Wednesday. Tuesday games are coming, baby. Maction. Early November, yep. we'll have Tuesday games. But this week, it's just Thursday. Why wait for the weekend? Strap in your fun belts and get ready for Maction. It's midweek madness. I haven't looked at it, but it's SMU, the machine that is SMU, playing Houston. I have no idea what the line is. What is it, 13? We got it. It's up to 13 and a half now. So this thing opened up around 13, so it's hovering around 13 and a half. It's taking tons and tons and tons of opening money on SMU. And and like we have said all along, you know, we completely understand that. But the problem is, is I power rank this thing 11, and there are other power rating systems out there that make this game actually much lower. So is there value in Houston uh, at this 13 and a half? I think there's definitely the Holgerson, Dana and, 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 and the Holgerson and his son throwing. Uh, so what I've got on this is, you know, SMU is 20th in pass explosiveness. They're 43rd in success rate in passing. Houston, that's, I mean, that's a weakness for them. They're, they're defensively, they're 91st in pass explosiveness. 
and defending uh, passing success rate is about 110th. So SMU should have their way getting the ball down the field through the air. They're not very good at running the ball. The problem is, is Houston is still, with, even without De'Aaron King, uh, they are still a top 20 team in rush explosiveness, and SMU's biggest weakness is defensive rush explosiveness. That's where you can attack them is on the ground. Uh, Houston put up 424 yards on a really good Cincinnati defense just a couple of weeks ago. 190 of that came on the ground. There's a massive havoc advantage to SMU. So what this comes back to is SMU at 11 is a play. 13 and a half is getting up a little bit too high. At 14 is going to be a small invest. I don't want to go against SMU, but I think the rest of the world is kind of caught on here. What's going on with them? Houston is still playing hard. Uh, they didn't want to go up and play in you know 45 degree weather up at UConn, but they showed up against Cincinnati against a really good Cincinnati team and almost put 200 yards rushing up on them. And that's SMU's weakness. So Houston at 14, that's a play for me. As for the total, I have it set projected out at 61. Those projections will be out sometime tomorrow on Monday so that when all the totals are out, you'll be able to see them. The number came out at circuit today at 66 and a half. It hasn't really taken much movement. Uh, so definitely for me, I'm looking at Houston when it gets to 14. Uh, I don't really want to invest on the under in a SMU-Houston game, but that is looks like it's about five points higher than what I would set it at. So that's where we're looking this week. Fair enough. And uh, as we always do on every weekday game, we'll have a betting preview out in the action app and actionnetwork.com. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all the well wishes on Twitter, by the way. Uh, thanks for joining me, Colin. And we will catch you on Friday for the week nine college football preview, Friday night lights and Saturday slate for the start of the second half of the season. It's time to roll, baby. Catch y'all later. Cheers. Peace out.